This episode of How To Wrestling was requested by Arnel De Leon, one of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash. But hey, if you've not done so already, head on over, become a $5 backer, get access to our entire back catalogue, over 55 episodes of pay-per-view reviews and side ventures from myself and Joe. You can hear all the way back to SummerSlam 2015 as well as that. Or How To Revisited series is there where we revisit old episodes that have been ravaged by the onslaught of time. Most recently this week, we've added a Kurt Angle Revisited episode we did our first Kurt episode it ended before he returned to WWE so we cover his return back his Hall of Fame induction and his fun time retirement with Baron Corbin all of this and more is available becoming a backer now at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling you can also request an episode and if you're interested in advertising or getting a shout out for your project your podcast your YouTube channel whatever it is you're interested in if you want to reach out to how to wrestling you can head over to how to wrestling.com or send us an email how to wrestling at gmail.com but for for now, enjoy this bonus episode as myself, Joanna, and our illustrator, Dan, are going to review Ultimate Muscle episodes one to three. Ultimate, Ultimate, Ultimate Muscle, Episodes 1 to 3. Hello everyone, welcome to How To Wrestling, where we're going to be looking at the seminal anime, Ultimate Muscle. However, once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, saddling up alongside, as always, my better half, my co-host, and the person who's learning all about the world of wrestling, it's Joe Graham. Hello. Hello, Joe. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I've just watched a big steaming crop of anime from Japanime, and I'm very, very excited to talk about Ultimate Muscle. Was this something that you knew existed? And what is it? I knew it existed as of it being requested, mm-hmm. but I hadn't heard of anything before that fact. And honestly, even even after it was requested, I was like, ah, a wrestling anime. That's not really a thing, is it? <laughs> we thought they had a bit of a joke, like, well, requesting fake episodes. No, it's not that. It's I mean, wrestling is a complex subject, right? Yeah. And not everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe it would be like a wrestling anime, but it comes at it from a different angle, which I suppose Ultimate Muscle kind of does. Okay, interesting. I'm very excited to get into this with you. Uh, We have, of course, because it's a very special episode, we've got a very, very special guest. For the last several years, everyone's been looking at how to wrestling going, ooh, for an audio podcast, it sure looks very pretty with its delicious artwork. We have been very fortunate to have the incredible artistic stylings of Mr. Dan Swanton, who is joining us for the first time ever on the show. Hello, Dan, how you doing? Kevin, hello. This is actually uh, annoying because in my head I had this thing which was every guest I'm going to have on, I'm going to ask, who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, well, I'm Dan Swanton and I came here because you invited me over on this lovely podcast that I enjoy wor- working with. So, uh, Dan, what's it like being our, uh, our illustrator? What's the, what's the fun times that you have when you're... You're making artwork for how to wrestling. I think that my main uh, source of joy when it comes to making this is sort of sitting at home and drawing big rippling men <laughs> surrounded by uh, lots of flowers and sparkles and occasionally have them smile, these big uh, tough boys. Dan, you're doing the Lord's work. Uh, I hope you realise that. You yeah. Know, uh, Dan is an essential part of the how-to brand. Yeah, honestly, if we didn't have any Dan, we wouldn't have any how-to wrestling. It's It's true. It's as simple as that. When we first started doing the artwork, 
I think you and I, Kevin, were both like, right, it's wrestling. We're going to have some honks. And that's about it. And then Dan came along and was like, mm, I think you guys maybe need some flowers, some sparkles, you know. Some maybe- halos. Mm-hmm. Give me some other eye candy other than just the hunks. You yeah, know? that's true. Aesthetic eye candy. Exactly. So let's make sure everyone's at the uh, same kind of uh, starting off point here. At least we all know where we're starting off from. Uh, I saw this anime when I was a kid, when I was also a massive wrestling fan. And this was also during the period of time when wrestling had become very, very uncool. So admitting a rest, being a wrestling fan was, was pretty much dangerous turf, as was admitting that I was also an anime fan. Joe pointed out to me that if you could draw a Venn diagram of things that were considered very uncool in my school, you've got wrestling as one circle, anime as another, and in that very small cross-section, there's just me there getting sick and pissing his pants on his own like so i admit that revisiting this is is very fun because i was i was really excited when i found this anime as a kid on toonami i was like oh i can't wait to tell no one ever (laughs) you literally had no friends you could talk to about this not about anime and wrestling anyone who i liked who still liked wrestling was a total meathead jock yeah i gotta admit because like i think these days it's a lot more common to get wrestling fans who are anime fans oh yeah absolutely but like growing up yeah the people I knew who liked wrestling would be like as far away as you can get from the people who liked anime. Mm. And again, the other way around as well. And then like that 2002 period, it was kind of like me and rugby guys kind of go, God, what kind of reps do you think Brock Lesnar does? Huh? How do you think the big man gets them traps? Huh? You know, <laughs> it was it was not like uh, everyone sitting around and making. I mean, we've got that market cornered. We made a full metal alchemist joke a mm. few episodes ago and it went down a storm. So obviously we found those people. Yeah, I found my tribe. <laughs> Joe, did you see any of this or were growing up? I mean, where, what's your starting off point? I mean, I hadn't no, Like I said, I haven't even heard of all with us until you know about a year or so ago mm-hmm. i love anime i've always loved anime i think i've been watching anime since i was like 12 what are the uh, choice cuts of choice anime cuts. Give, I mean, give me five fast big boy animes that you love okay yeah I'll, I'll go for like the kind of the mainstream ones so death note is a like a must watch anime yeah for anyone who's not watched anime or, or watches anime but hasn't watched death note just think it's an essential piece of viewing. Those people mm-hmm. exist. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. Ooh. Definitely. It's one of the best. Full Moon. I'm going to go there and say it, okay? It's one of my personal favourites. What a classic. Yeah, Dan's watched it. I know we're probably the, the two people. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. You, you both look very proud, but also slightly ashamed. embarrassed no, at the same time. No, very ashamed, yeah. Are you coming into this Venn diagram space now? What's going on? Because <laughs> it's like a really dark... It's, it's, it's like a kid's anime, but it's got a really dark theme, which is it's about a 12-year-old girl who is diagnosed with throat cancer, but her one dream in life before she dies is to become a famous pop singer. And she has to, like, fulfil her dream, but she's obviously at death's door. She's got, like, terminal cancer, basically. Jesus! <laughs> it's so sad! Even Vince McMahon thinks that's in poor taste. Yeah. God, I hope I've not really aged this episode by saying that. <laughs> any, any others then along your, with your big five? I'm going to go for Avatar The Last Airbender. Ooh! Does that count? I feel that counts. No, it doesn't count. Why does that not count? It's uh, more of a Western anime. Is it? Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Don't look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm deferring to Dan on all these okay. judgments. Polar Bear Cafe is, is very fun. I mean, I've got one other one, but I've got to embarrass myself and by admitting my fifth <laughs> favourite, which is, um, I can't even remember what it's called. What's that one with the hand, which becomes a girl? What? No. This is what friends do. This is what friends do. No, we're not talking about that anime. What is this cursed, dark sided anime? Desperately trying to find a different fifth anime. 
was the poster's cursed one. I think it's called Midori Days. Yeah. And it's about a guy who creeps on this girl at the train station oh, every day. Oh, dear God. And then one day he wakes up and she's his hand. His right hand. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Jesus. And he's got like this weird crush on her and she keeps like, she finds the whole experience kind of frightening, but also like she's you're, a bit curious. So she like keeps doing inappropriate things. You're and... forgetting something, which is that uh, she actually has a crush on him. Oh, she has a crush on him. Yeah. That's even weird. Okay. Um, Dan, what are your big three? <laughs> Oh my god! And just three. I feel like I. I and don't like... don't admit anyone's gonna get this podcast put in a fucking list, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, I grew up in the '90s, and that was the time when Dragon Ball Z came to sort of the West mm. in a big way, and it was really my my introduction to anime. Period. Yeah. There was uh, also at the same time there was uh, Tenchi Muyo, and then there was also this ah. Ultimate Muscle, and those were like the big three that made me realize that it wasn't just like a one-off. It was like a, oh, there's like an entire culture of this style of cartoon. It's amazing that like a lot of people are generation, and yes, I am as a thirty-year-old, including people in their twenties in my generation now. It's, okay. a, it's it's a big net I'm casting out. Well, I like the way that we kind of get bulk introduced to an entire genre at a time like it's great it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore these mm. days everyone's kind of aware that everything's around but it's like if a channel decided hey let's start showing Korean animation or something like that we all get to experience it together yeah Dan in terms of wrestling I know you said before that you like Kane but uh, what's your actual wrestling know-how you're an illustrator for a wrestling podcast people may be shocked to find this out yeah, uh, so I'm not super knowledgeable, and I don't usually go out of my way to see um, sort of pedestrian matches. Uh, sorry, I don't want to say it like that, but <laughs> just like, I, you know, I want to go and I want to sample just the standout mm. matches. I want to see the best of the best and nothing else. Because that's usually when we are, we work kind of try together, Joe and Dan uh, tried to like get the idea for the the episode artwork put together and then what I tried to do to help is I tried to send over like clips and matches so useful that like kind of give Dan an idea of who the wrestler is and as a result of that you've probably only seen the best wrestler yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the worst so good. yeah <laughs> And also Sandman getting concussed as well. Exactly. Shall we dive into Ultimate Muscle episode number one? Let's, Let's do it. Okay, so Ultimate Muscle episode number one. A very, very mild-mannered, easy to get into, soft launch into the world of Ultimate Muscle. A giant stone fist has traveled through space and time into Earth and crashed into Mount Fuji. And the announcer goes, is it friend or is it foe? <laughs> Uh, Joe, would you guess friend or foe? I mean, it's a fist. I would say that's an aggressive symbol. Yeah. So unless it's like, I don't know, a spacecraft from planet Roman Reigns, I kind of feel <laughs> it's probably probably the the villain's piece. Is that where Roman is like, he's going to get head off to at the end of like, when his, his timeline is up? His home planet, back off in the fist. <laughs> Dan, fist in a mountain, friend or foe? Well, I think that you can't get any more clear than punching Japan right in the face. <laughs> Is Fuji the face of Japan? Like. I mean, like, it's very recognisable. You Isn't can just it? see that mountain and go, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> I I'm going to put it to the round table here. Is there a friendly way in which you can punch a mountain? 
No. No? Not a punch. If like the if the fist came down and just lightly like caressed the mountain. Yeah. I didn't say caress a mountain. That no. obviously you can caress a mountain. I think by. a punch is always aggressive. Yeah? Yeah. What if it's kind of like you went down to Kerry, you went down to Karen Tuhill, you went, Ah, you old son of a gun, you gave him a little bit of a one two in the tummy like, you know, of the mountain. You know, a little bit of a hey oh, I see. A little bit of that. Maybe that that is that friendly? Well, I don't I don't think that's ever friendly. No. But maybe I don't know. I'm I'm not a man, so I think that's not really done to me that often. I think that that could be friendly, just as long as you don't leave any long-lasting craters in their body. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. If you were someone who could actually punch craters into a mountain, yeah. you should know your strength and don't go up to people and go, wait, <laughs> 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 craters. My spleen has prolapsed. Oh. We're introduced to the uh, basically our overarching story of Ultima Muscle. There are wrestling baddies who have come to earth from outer space so heels are essentially aliens which is interesting because heels were always foreign aliens in in the old days of wrestling and it's just taken to the extreme now they're not even from this planet they're they're (laughs) out of earth these freaks coming here and they have formed a baddie group called the dmp the DMP, which sounds awfully similar to the DWP. <laughs> the D, what's the D? Do, the Department of Work and Pensions, <laughs> which are also villains from outer space. That's true. Ian Duncan Smith coming from uh, deep within space, uh, and his predecessors and successors as well. Yeah. I thought DMP sounded like like a band that would support a right wing Nazi party. Like. Okay, oh, that's yeah. true. DMP are playing down at the skull pit. You know, someone called the police. Like. <laughs> The DMP are, I don't know, you've never, probably never heard of this at the time, but there's a mm-hmm. group of wrestlers called the NWO. The old men. The old, the old men, as Joe knows them. And they are the DMP, to the point that the DMP even have the same capitalization. Oh, really? Because oh. NWO is lowercase n, capital W, bad guy move, lowercase o. Bad guy move. It is. We'll have a capital letter. Yeah, I mean, it's like, not only do they disrespect the rules of wrestling... The very basics of grammar, like capital letters have no business in the middle of a three-letter moniker. You fucking rotters. That's true. Wow. DMP and NWO, go back to space. Dan. So does uh, the NWO fly around uh, cities watching things explode? <laughs> I mean, probably you could make an argument that back in the day that that's more or less what they did, yeah. Wow. And they said they drank a lot of beer and got paid a lot of money for it. If there's some sort of intergalactic CNN conglomerate that's paying the DMP lots of money, mm. like if Ted Turner's bankrolling that fist, then it is definitely an NWO <laughs> parody. The, the theme music for Ultimate Muscle. Amazing. Um, it's pretty special. First time you heard it, Joe. Yeah. Uh, give, give people a, a, a rundown of why this is one of the all-time greatest themes. It's just really catchy. It's just got a great tune to it, and it's... Um, it's structured in a really good way as well. Like you've got a good bit of chanting in there. Mm. Ultimate muscle. Ultimate muscle. And you've got fucking saxophone. Yeah. You've got saxophone. You've got... <laughs> I was going to go up into the... Kick, muscle in champion. You promise to the universe. If you only had some guts. I've been saying that like since I know we've been recording this episode. In the morning when I go down and make coffee... 
I've, I've done that a little bit. Really? <laughs> and I was really worried before we sat down. It was like, uh-oh, I hope I've not misremembered this for the last 16 years. Sat down, got in one. It was wow. t- easy, you know? Good Impressive. job, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good theme. I feel like it would make good wrestling entrance music for someone. Oh. It would, yeah, I think so. Mm. There's none of saxophones in wrestling. There's not. This is oh. the thing which you might break your heart down finding out some of the real-life sadnesses about wrestling. One, not enough saxophone. Yeah. No. Not enough intergalactic fists either. No. That is misrepresenting the wrestling world to you. I actually, when we were looking at uh, some clips you were showing me, there was actually a giant fist in the... What's that bit? The television. Oh, the Titan Tron. Yeah. There was yes! like a giant, like... It was like a it was like a plaster fist or something coming out of the top, and I was just like, "Yes, wait, hang on, we've seen, I've seen that before." Oh, you're right, great SmackDown back in the day. I don't think you even know this, Joe. No. I'm not sure if we watched any of this, the era of SmackDown. The stage was like a giant mirror, essentially, which had been all shattered into big shards, and there was a big fist coming through, which has now been affectionately known as the Big Fist Set. The Big Fist Set, okay. And they did actually a thing recently where, because yeah, they definitely used that set in like. 15 years or something like that and they did a thing recently where they went to the warehouse near WB headquarters and the giant fist is just there like waiting to be used again like they're just gonna throw it into Mount Fuji (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's a good look to have a fist and some broken glass I know that just reminds me too much of the Goldberg trying to punch his limo Uh, failing miserably yeah kids don't if you take one thing away from how to wrestling and it's subsidiary podcasts don't punch glass. Don't punch glass. I dislike greatly how the Muscle League, who are this group of real-life earth wrestlers who are meant to protect the world from these evil invading wrestlers, and they're all jabronis because they've all lost to all of these new evil wrestlers, and they're all sitting around a boardroom, and <laughs> they literally are like, I can't believe it, guys. Earth is doomed. Aliens have overflown everything. The pay-per-view buy rates are down. Like, <laughs> like, who decided that the wrestling promoters would be the last line of defense from oh, Earth? A sad state of affairs. I think it's very realistic, honestly. Well, I guess, I mean, Donald Trump is probably like one or two you know, steps removed away from being a greasy wrestling promoter. Oh, yeah, totally. Would you want Vince McMahon in the war room if we were being invaded by no. aliens? No. No. The o- the only good thing about having Vince in the room is I think Trump is more likely to listen to him than maybe <laughs> maybe anyone else in the world. And Vince will listen to Triple H and Stephanie. Would he? I, I think a little bit. Would you put the fate of the world in the hands of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon? If it meant taking the fate of the world out of Donald Trump and then out of Vince McMahon and then into their hands, yes. Okay. It is the lesser of three evils. Okay, new mm. new proposition. How happy would you be with the fact if the war room... Is that what they call it, the war room? I think so. Yeah. yeah. If it had a plate of hummus and vegetables in the centre of it, <laughs> yeah. how worried would you be with your past knowledge of plates of hummus and vegetables? All I'd say is I would. it would make me feel good that they're having some fresh fruit and veg because I think fibre is important when saving the earth. Uh, yeah. You can't save the earth without saving your own intestines. That's so, true. You know, That's true. And I don't want someone who's not regular making the choices between right and wrong and saving the earth. So at the very least, I want my despots to be uh, 
having smooth, juicy poos. You don't think it's an inherently villainous snack, then? Oh, I mean, they're all villains. Don't get me wrong, like, you know. But, I mean, when we're talking about aliens travelling to Earth to wrestle us in a giant fist, there is very much, again, a lesser of two evils argument to be made here. Also, as well, they expose the business because he goes, oh, these DMP guys, it's really bad because we haven't fought for real in centuries. What? Wrestling? What? I don't understand that. Well, they clearly don't fight each other. They only fight bad people, right? Right? But the the DMP are apparently wrestling civilians against their will. Oh my god. (laughs) So, Dan, I don't know if you've heard anything, but take it from us. Wrestling is 100% real and above the level. And Mm. anyone who might come at you thinking it's a fix, it's just someone who's trying to beat a fixed odds betting terminal. That's all that is, okay? (laughs) It is above board. I trust you. Who is the head man in the world of the Muscle League. The one in charge or the one who's the big hero? The big hero! It's King Muscle. Now that is a great name. Yeah. King of Muscles. King Muscle. Would you class any wrestler in the world of wrestling? And I'll extend it to you, Dan, as well, seeing as you've done some artwork. Who would you crown as king? And you could have Queen Muscle as well. Who to be your king and queen of muscles? I think John Cena would be a good king of muscle. King of veins. Oh, I think he's more muscle than vein. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah? It's close. Mm. But yeah. Mm, queen of muscle. Dana Brooke, probably. Oh, that's true, yeah. Ideally, China. Oh, yeah. Oh, China. Yeah. China would be my pick for queen muscle. I go with Scott Steiner. Oh. oh. I, I think I think actually King Muscle may have been his rejected name instead of... <laughs> it's like, I could be the big bag booty daddy, I could be Freakzilla, or I could be King Muscle. Like, <laughs> seriously, they all go together, don't they? <laughs> Dad, anyone who you'd want to crystal as a muscle king? Oh, Brock Lesnar's a bit of a... He's a meat boy, isn't he? That's he true. Is. Yeah, he is like a, a muscle. Yeah. If, I, if I was going to say that someone was going to reign at the top of Muscle Mountain, it would be Brock Lesnar. Mm. The only thing about Brock, though, is that because he's quite like feral and... And, uh, feudal almost I would say mm. I would think he'd be more like a muscle chieftain that would rage the muscle king and destroy his lands and burn his villages wow <laughs> Brock Lesnar muscle war chief <laughs> <laughs> and King Muscle did you pick up Joe where King Muscle lives what the name of his home planet is wasn't it like muscle land or muscle planet or yeah. something <laughs> yeah muscle planet muscle planet which is shaped like his head so is that I mean, it poses a lot of questions, I think. Oh, do you So, tell? what came first? Like, is the la- is the Muscle Planet, is it yeah. named after King Muscle? Or is King Muscle so named after the planet? And the considering it's in the shape of his head, did he shape it in the shape of his head? Like, as an egotistical type thing? Mm. Or is he considered the chosen one because he is born with the face that matches Planet Muscle? Oh, because I'm just saying, if we saw someone who like was born, they had, like, an Earth face, I'd be like next leader of the world right there I that would mean, be terrifying you know it would be and I wouldn't want to question that somebody's got a globe face like no you know, eyes the, or nose or ears with a cold hair like you know well maybe it's really boring for them maybe it's like having a face that just has America on it yeah. <laughs> so um, Dan you're obviously more of a, a of a of a ultimate muscle hedge okay. than us is there any explanation or widely accepted fan theory as to why the planet is in the shape of a of the king muscle's head. I think it's just so that when you're in space looking down at the planet, you know, first of all, what planet it is. Mm-hmm. And second of all, who is the most important person on that planet? So is it just reshaped every time there's a new leader? Uh, I don't know. 
I imagine not, because everyone has the same face. I don't know if you've noticed. Like, they put the mask on, and then they all have that look, including the little shark fin on top of their head. So is that... um, I mean, it's a question that was on your mind a lot, which was you were were asking if it was a mask or not. Now, at the start, they put on the mask on the boy. Yeah, they're putting that on. So that means we need to believe that it is a mask, right? I th- yeah, it seems like a mask to me. But later on, he wears a mask on his face, on top of the mask. Yeah. And it's it's never referred to as being a mask, okay. really, is it? Does he get de unmasked? No, I don't think I don't think so. It's been a while since I've seen the final episodes, but mm. I mean, I can't imagine because it would just be like ripping off his face, wouldn't it? Yeah. Demask him. I was wondering if like maybe it's a case of because he's obviously very young when he gets the mask put on him in the intro. I was wondering if, like, maybe it's like a kind of, I don't know, like a traditional practice of you put the mask on the child and then you keep it on for so long that it like, kind of welds to the face. Ah. So maybe it kind of becomes his face. That's interesting because, you know, uh, we did our Mankind uh, Mick Foley episode recently and when he had the mask, originally when he had it, he thought it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Mm. But by wearing it and sweating in it so much and you're wrestling in it, it actually, they kind of, it became so comfortable that he wear it for hours before and after the show without even realising it. Wow. So it like became part of him, basically. <laughs> it's like getting a nice pair of shoes. Once you break them in, you're like, yeah. Yeah. I can get into this. I want to sleep in these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so King Muscle is the man and the champion. But we're not dealing with King Muscle. We're dealing with his offspring, snot-nosed bastard child, Kid 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 Muscle, who's the champion. But he's also kind of nuts. And he likes... A specific type of food, and that food is rice and cow. Right. Now, I'm led to believe in the original Japanese version of this that it would have been beef and rice, Mm. and there would have been an accompanying song with good lyrics. But instead, because of the challenging to rhyme this, we get... Dan, do you know the lyrics to this... uh, I want to say challenged version. It's it's definitely it definitely takes some uh, artistic liberties to get into the rhyming structure. Well, uh, I think it goes with my rice. I'd like to have some cow, cow, cow. It tastes so very good. I don't know how, how, how. It's my favorite form of chow, chow, chow. Wow, wow. Eat now. That's the bit at the end there where it's, you're out now, eat now. <laughs> like, that's literally whoever was in the recording studio was like, fuck it, I've not got the last page. Yeah, yeah, eat now, whatever, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. You only pay me by the hour, it's okay. <laughs> now, Kid Muscle, a bit of a, a, bit of a freak, uh, a bit of a weird kid, a bit of a coward. Joe, what's she making to make to Kid Muscle? I like Kid Muscle. He seems like a likeable guy for the most part. He's a he's a flawed character, but with a lot of positive traits. I mean, what are some of his positive traits? Positive traits? He, he is very strong. Yeah. He's quite funny. Yes. Yeah, he's got a good sense of humour. Yeah. He's he's quite fun to be around from, yeah. his, from the looks of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of his negative traits, would you say? He farts all the time. That's, is that a bad thing? Is it a good thing? <laughs> would you count that as a personality flaw? <laughs> In, in like, his... is Wario, would you judge Wario as having a personality yeah. flaw? In, in the case farts? of certain people, yes. And I think in the case of Kid Muscle, yes, it's a personality flaw. Okay. Because he farts all the time and they're really smelly. That's true, yeah. They're they're dank farts. Like, he knocks they're... out space aliens on several occasions with his farts. True. Yeah, he also, when we first meet him, he's reading a hot babe magazine. Uh, yeah. All sorts of ladies who are also wearing the Kid Muscle mask. Is that weird? Would you be weird to jerk off to... 
someone that just looks exactly like you. It's a bit strange. And your dad. Like, if you had a hyper-realistic, like, Joanna mask that yeah. someone could put on, would be a bit terrifying. Yeah, but also, it's, it's also how my parents look, and it's how the planet looks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why we don't have any atlases down here, babe. It's because they're too damn sexy. You know? <laughs> I can't keep my hands off them. He's also a coward. That's a, a, a big thing about him. He's yeah, a, he's a coward, yeah. He's, he's one of these millennial types, you know, who's afraid of pillows, puppies, and three-syllable words. Am I, am I right, old people? <laughs> he's found out that he's going to be the replacement of King Muscle and they're going to start a new Muscle League to fight the aliens and because he is a Frady cat he runs away and he's chased by cars and the cars are in the shape of the planet which is also the shape of him yeah that's very strange now yeah that's going to give you a bit of an ego thing isn't it yeah I think it would give you kind of like a self-identity crisis of, of some kind you know, I mean, would you look at a car and go, oh, that's my face? Or if you look in the mirror in the morning and kind of go, hello there, car planet fucking weirdo. Dad. <laughs> he can run over by a car. Dad. <laughs> it must be hard for him because like, he doesn't, it seems to be that he doesn't see his dad very often. Yeah. And yet his the face of his father is everywhere and is literally the planet. Oh my God. And then sure. to be chased by cars with his own father's face, that's a serious metaphor. It is a metaphor. And I just want to say that uh, I actually feel quite sorry for Kid Muscle mm. uh, when, in, when this uh, sort of thing lands on his lap. Because he's just kind of like doing the regular teenage school thing. Which yeah, is he's like just beaten reading... off to his magazine. Yeah, but... he's reading smut while he should be doing his homework, which, you know, is is whatever. But he's clearly like a bit of a basement dweller. He uh, he lives with his mum and is a bit, a bit of a mummy boy. Kid, yeah. Exactly. And then he suddenly has like all this responsibility. He's like, hey, you have to take up your dad's like job tomorrow. <laughs> and if you don't do it, these cars that are your dad will chase you and yeah. make you do it. Yeah. Don't try and run away. The planet is your dad. <laughs> 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 I mean, screw you, dad. I'm going to my room. Fine. It's shaped like me. <laughs> I think we've actually forgotten one thing, which is that King Muscle's missing. Yeah, he's, oh, he's yeah. gone. He's MIA. Hence why Kid Muscle is needed. Because King Muscle has got... I'm going to say the word muscle a lot now, okay? Mm. King Muscle from Muscle Planet has the power of ultimate muscle. Right. Which Kid Muscle may also... Coming from Planet Muscle and being the son of King Muscle may also possess the muscle power of ultimate muscle. Muscles are what we're going to be having for lunch. Uh, no, yeah. no, just just thought I'd say Aww. the word muscle. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I got you. Yeah, my hopes got you all hoped up there. That is, yeah, this bit of a fancy lunch just uses a joke, isn't it? All that talk of muscles already in there. Yeah, goodness. So he jacks a space ride. Well, he doesn't really. He farts into it, and then he's like, woo, woo, and then he flies off and lands on Earth. Yeah, so he manages to use space flight via the power of his fart. Pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. I'm pretty sure that's how Wario came to Earth as well. Yeah, it's very <laughs> contrived. <laughs> <laughs> Just get to Earth, like, come on, you know, get a bus or whatever. He lands on Earth, where he awakens the legendary trainer of King Muscle. It is none other than Meat, who may or may not be voiced by Danny DeVito. It's not Danny DeVito, sadly. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So Meat is like a super baby. Do they explain why Meat is Lil? 
No, I think he's supposed to be like the you know Rocky's little uh, little guy who's like the old man. You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. That's him. That's <laughs> him. He's even got the same voice. He yeah. has got exactly the same voice, but he's in the body of a tiny baby in a cape. Hmm. Well, he's not going to get any wrestling done. He's just clearly very knowledgeable about wrestling. But is it a baby or is it an old man? It's an old man. He's definitely an old man. He's got the body of a baby and is dressed like a baby. Yeah, but it's like you and Roger Rabbit when there's like, yo, I'm a baby. It's like, you're not a baby. You're a dirty old man. That's where you're smoking cigars and sexually harassing everyone. It's You're not actually a baby. You just you know, have the form of a baby. It's all about, it's the voice that comes out. That's why I judge you. Right. <laughs> and he's called Meat. And does- that's a that's a man grown up man name. Yeah, meat. You can't you can't have a baby called meat. That's no, it's a baby meat. You call him pork chop or something, something cute yeah. like. Or- the real question I have to ask you both is: Does meat wear glasses or not? Oh God, I never would have thought so. But as soon as you pointed out and they did a big close up on him, he's got the little line in between his eyes, isn't he? But yeah. he's got no line to indicate it's on his ears. Yeah, well, uh, when I first saw that, and I was going to do the episode artwork for it, I decided just to ignore it because I just put it down to bad design. <laughs> because there's just there's no indication ever that he's ever wearing any glasses, except for that one line across the bridge of his nose. Mm. So Maybe it's supposed to be like a furrow line? Yeah, he's permanently pissed off, a little little furrow. Joe is furrowing hardcore into the mic there. It'll pick it up, I hope, like. (laughs) (laughs) If I furrow hard enough. (laughs) There is just one thing I do want to point out about me, Mm. is that when Kid Muscle does land on planet Earth, he lands in a child's park. It's got, like, swings and a slide and a little roundabout. A little face shed. And there's a little face shed, and you go inside, and he has been cryogenically frozen. He cryogenically froze himself... After the last big match with King Muscle, when it was trying to save the world the last time, and now he's being reawoken in order to be the trainer for Kid Muscle, which is a very cool sort of, like, thing to do. Yeah. But it does make him an actual tool. That's true. He is a tool. He goes in the shed after he's useful. <laughs> where he where he gathers dust yeah. until he needs to be brought back out of the shed to be used for the next time. You know what else as well? I don't think it's a very good look to cryogenically freeze yourself in a children's playground. Yeah, that's a bit that greasy, true. isn't it? It is, like, isn't it? It's I mean, not this... something a healthy, wholesome person would do. No, there's appropriate places to cryogenically freeze yourself. Yeah, like... in the list of worst places to cryogenically freeze yourself, I'd say a children's playground is like at the top of that list. Yeah, or just on top of that is a children's birthday party. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. after that, it's like, you just walk around the cryogenically frozen small man named Meat. You know? <laughs> also, what the fuck is his exit strategy? He freezes himself. Like, did he even know or anything? Like, did he? He's just like, hopefully, my, hopefully my employer's child in 20 years' time will fart his way onto a spaceship and crash land in this child's park and somehow activate this cryogenic technology if he i swore he was going to kill him it's a bit worrying as well that like i assume this park has a groundskeeper the groundskeeper must have come across this cryogenically frozen baby at some point no one's gonna get worried he's in a park and think oh shit one of the kids has fallen in a freezer let's nah, help the kid dirty groundskeeper i'm thinking he's on the take mm, you know slips him a little something like you know you turn a blind eye those dirty groundskeepers i would hope so to be honest <laughs> so him freezing himself because he thought his work was done and then he could return at a later date when the world needed him 
I kind of feel like Bobby the Brain Heenan as a manager should have done this as well. Yeah. When he was being fired by Gorilla Monsoon, when he gave his little salute, he could have walked into the back and cryogenically froze himself. My question is, what wrestler should have stumbled across cryogenically frozen Bobby Heenan to lead him into uh, Pastures and You? <laughs> oh, that's tricky. Isn't it? It's a tough one. I mean, I personally would go for... Oh, man, I've made it too difficult to hypothetical. Because, yeah. like, anyone... Anyone, it would be great. Yeah, literally anyone. Yeah. That That's how much I just want Bobby Heaton to be unfrozen and yeah. to have been kept pristine. There you go. There's like, anyone. There's no wrong answer. There is. It's not a legitimate... Because even if it was someone's shit, yeah. it'd be funny because yeah. it would make it funny. If I got to see Bobby Heenan be cryogenically frozen on television, I think I'd watch wrestling every second of every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Live on pay-per-view! We're going to cryogenically <laughs> freeze the legends! Like, that's the Hall of Fame every year. Like, they get their plaque <laughs> and then Vince cryogenically freezes them in perfect, pristine condition. Like... <laughs> No one's growing old, pal. We get introduced to the first adversary of Kid Muscle. It was very conveniently named Adversarius. <laughs> what a name! I yeah. know. And the thing is that it's just so efficient. Mm. I, I, I am gold by like it's it's like lazy, but it's like it's like lazy for me. I'm lazy by like experiencing it. <laughs> it's, it's a tight fucking like you know baddie they could have called him as well. You know. Yeah. I don't. Know, I like Adversarius. I think it's really it's got a nice ring to it. Mm. Do you like that his uh, powers have nothing to do with his name? Cause yeah. What are his powers, do you remember? No, I don't remember. I remember. Is it punching? He does a bit of that, Oh, yeah. no, he has the big plus weapon. Yeah, he's got like, a long plus, which comes out of like where his heart would have been. So you know he's a stone-cold killer, because he's heartless. He's got a long plus symbol, and he's got two minus symbols either side as well. I didn't even notice the minus symbols. I thought they were his nipples. Uh, they look like brackets to me. Like, he's got a big plus in the middle of his brackets. He's like maths man. Oh, oh I see, because he doesn't use the, the minuses, does he? It's no, only the plus. They, I think they kind of like fold outwards to give the plus a little bit more room but that doesn't make any sense mm. because if, he, if he's not got those when the big plus symbol comes out he just bleeds lots and it's really <laughs> unfair <laughs> do you think like Wolverine that it hurts every time for adversaries to make this long tube come out I think it's like gives him relief and <laughs> <sighs> uh, seriously it's like having a big poop inside mm. you and then it has to come back in again I probably would have accepted it more if it just kind of like he shot out pluses that just regenerated <laughs> rather than have yeah. like the big tube go in and out like that and it looks like metal as well it's like very solid plus yeah seriously solid and uh, he's a solid adversary he's mocking Kid Muscle and Meat is all like upset that Kid Muscle is such a, a wuss and a pansy and he's not like a, a, a stud like his old man is adversary Serious crosses the line. He breaks the man's beef and rice. Oh, yeah. And we Too get far. the most dramatic line reading. My, my dinner. <laughs> my mother made that for me. I, you know what? As, as a person who makes uh, makes a lot of dinners in this house, yeah. I'd like to think that if uh, a man with a big plus symbol broke anyone's dinner, we had a nice sweet potato mac and cheese last night. The mm. man with a plus symbol came in and, and smashed that shit up. Oh, I'd have been very sad. I would have been, not tears, but anime quivers. <laughs> I would have expected those at the very least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed that dinner so much that I would immediately magical girl transform and destroy that. <laughs> That invader. <laughs> Kid Muscle powers up, and his powering up is him reaching deep within himself to find the power of Ultimate Muscle, 
which is again just giving himself a hot tag, and he becomes instantly ripped and better animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, much more detailed. Yeah. I kind of like if there was a wrestler who could do that, he'd just become, like, really, like, HD. Like, they're, they're <laughs> wrestling and, you know, normal, and then, you know, they... they do the power up time they go 4k like thing is yeah. you probably could actually get a wrestler who did something like that how because a lot of the time if you're not flexing your body looks a very different shape than if you are yeah. so you could have someone who maybe has like good control over a lot of their muscles mm-hmm. to come in maybe like you know the bit of a slump like maybe a slightly unattractive body posture makes them look kind of like a bit you know you, you may, might underestimate them. I see. And then when it comes to them actually resting in the ring, they can stand up properly, like put their shoulders back, flex all their muscles, and suddenly it's like bam. Are you telling me, Joe, that you're advocating wrestlers to not stretch before they and warm up before no, no, they no, go? No, no, not at all. I'm just saying, like, it's all to do with body language and posture and stuff. Mm. Honestly, I think I think that's a really good gimmick idea that someone should do. That's a good idea. Don't they already do that though? I mean, I remember Hulk Hogan doing that, like sort of like he he gets beaten up a little bit, and then he just and then he pumps, pumps up, yeah. he pumps up, and then he kind of comes back and he's even stronger than before. That's he kind, kind of, of like, does, yeah. But he's a bit just, of an anime trope. It know? is. He's just wet though. Like yeah. he's just a kind of a, a wetter hot dog, kind of doing the funky chicken. That God. is it. Think about it. Hulk Hogan hooking up, just him doing the funky chicken. Like <laughs> probably gets a bit pink. <laughs> yeah, just do, do the do the funky chicken music over Hogan hooking up. Yeah? yeah, and it's like that is your racist uncle at, at a family gathering who's embarrassed everyone and he's in his little yellow pants as well oh my god stop it he, <laughs> what has he done why is he so wet he just poured advocate on himself I don't know like you know <laughs> he does his special attack to power up which is the attack attack he gets a kanji on his forehead what's that I don't know I don't recognise it and there's no way I can google it so I imagine that also hurts every time that comes in yeah, as well I reckon. yeah I reckon so he does the butt buster, which immediately creates a giant crater in the earth. Joe, did you recognize the butt buster from wrestling? I did not, actually. <gasps> but I already knew that this was a move in wrestling. Oh, yeah? Whose move? It's Samoa Joe's move. Ah. It's the muscle buster. Yeah, which I thought it was called in this. It's like, yeah, the muscle buster. Because the ultimate muscle. Yeah. But no, butt buster instead, because bums are funny. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I thought it was the I don't want to have any more bones move. Because <laughs> once you slam into the ground and all the rocks break, I think that's it for having <laughs> internal organs or anything. Yeah, particularly as well, if, if Kid Muscle's only eating beef and rice, and he's jumping square on his tailbone like that, mm-hmm. that ain't going to be a fun time. Like, you know, he's going to have a real serious prolapsed anus if he keeps doing this manoeuvre. You've I can't, you've used the word prolapsed twice in 40 minutes of recording. I was going to use it a third, but I might hold off for the second uh, second half then, maybe. for the- Yeah? <laughs> you think you can do that? <laughs> so, me and Kim also decide to team up because me saw him be all brave and powerful and break the plus of Adversarius, who gives up. And then we cut to the Elder Ones! With red eyes in the nether realm. No one thought to, like, look in that fist. Because that's where they are. Yeah, well, you don't go into, like, the evil guy's lair right away. They're going to beat you up. Is it just me, like, having, like, a Morrowind sensibility? But, like, I would have thought, and this is just making me totally naive, that every major mountain in the world that the appropriate authorities and government would have checked the center of just to make sure there's no, like evil ghouls or demons or vampire masters or anything like because that's where they like to go isn't it they like the centre of the mountain you know 
Red glowing eyes and mountain craters go together like yeah, ham and cheese. True. Well, Kevin, if you could quick save, then I'm sure that you would have gone straight in and then just tried a million times to beat them. <laughs> this fucking madman. I they li- only get to live once. I was literally too scared to go near Dagathor. Too scared. <laughs> still am, you know, still am. I've never seen him. I just imagine he's too scary, like. Yeah. That's the problem. There was every video game when I was a kid where it's like, and the monster is over here and they're too scary. I would literally be like, well, I'm, I'm simply not going. Oh. <laughs> There was a game called Little Big Adventure that I used to play, and like after the like, the first little land, the training zone, basically they're like, "But the legendary Gragahool monster is over here." I'm like, "Well, that's scary. I'm not going anywhere near that." <laughs> I was like ten years old. I'm like, "I refuse. I'll just play the rest of the game here." It's very sensible. And after a while, I like did the baddies you faced were like little cute little beavers who were like. Ooh. And they were like, no, the dreaded Glabmoloa monster. Like, my daughter has been killed. Only skeletons come back. I'm like, I'm not going near. It was just a bigger version of the little guys in the end. So I did feel silly for all those years avoiding it. Never be afraid, kids. That's the uh, (laughs) the main thing to take away. Episode two. And Kid Muscle's worried that Meat wants to marry him. I think I missed this. What? Oh, he's like, I'm proposing that we, we go train. He's like, proposing? You mean marrying me? Oh, right. I think Kid Muscle's a little bit confused about his uh, his identity and his sexuality throughout mm. this, like, you know? That could be. I think that, though, really it is a marriage of becoming the coach and the and the coachee. Yeah. The, the, the coachling. Yeah, little, little coach minion. <laughs> it's true. They have to go to space with all the other wrestlers because they're going to learn how to become buff, tough wrestlers to take on the evil... I was going to say the evil BGM, but that's evil background music. (laughs) The evil DMP! There is one line which I just thought was absolute genius, which was with meat and kid muscle in the ring. It's deja vu all over again. (laughs) (laughs) The writing can sometimes be really, really funny in this. Really, really witty. I thought there was a point to bring out that the writing is is excellent at times. Mm. Particularly in this scene where we get introduced to all of the other wrestlers who are training, all of which are mostly terrible. Like... Ski Adams and Mercury, who looks like an unpopular iteration of David Bowie, <laughs> and the Gazelle Man, who is called Dick Dick Von Dick Dick. Dick Dick Van Dick. Dick Dick Van Dick. Sorry, I was getting a bit silly there. Like, <laughs> thank you for keeping me on the level there. Sorry. <laughs> we got Special Man Junior. I love Special Man Junior. Are you kidding me? What a name. Mm. I wish I was Special Man's son. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Special Man Senior. I mean, Imagine. He's, he's pretty special, that guy. Like, yeah. You know. We got the Canuckler, eh? Oh, this is yeah, the point where like it's like we've got you know all these fun wrestlers, and then we kind of got lost from my, we got kind of lazy with our ideas. So here's just some kind of like broad stereotypes. Here's a guy from Canada, eh? Here's <laughs> Indian man who's got a fucking curry on his head. Oh like. my god, that guy is awful. In this mm. now, what do you reckon? Did they give him a name? That guy, that character. I'm sure they did, but my brain just refused to let it sink in. Would All it... I was thinking of was just like, so is it like hot curry that's on his head? Because it's just a plate. It's a plate yeah. of curry and it's like perfectly separated as well. Does, like, does it ever get like mixed in? I does imagine that ruin it's, the... it's one of those like varnished plates that you sometimes get in like... Um, mm. Oh, yeah. like, like what they're showing the outside, like yeah. what it looks like. This is kind of what to expect with this dish. So yeah. it's not a legit curry. You couldn't actually eat that. No, I don't think so. I think it's like a display version. Two thoughts that came into my mind. One, if someone ate the curry, would he lose his power like Samson? Number two, I did feel when I looked at the curry on his head that it was like rude of me to do it. 
Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like you know, in Peep Show, it's like tube in its nose, tube in its nose. It's a man with a tube in his nose, like curry on his head, curry on his head. It's a man with a curry on his head. I was like, don't look. It's rude. You, this, you can't <laughs> do that. Now, this is the fun moment where I can say real life is just as bad as wacky anime. There was a character in wrestling, I mean, still technically is, called Curry Man. Oh my God. Who uh, was a masked wrestler who had kind of like out of a luchador mask that had a spicy curry on his head. No, you're, no, you're lying. Kidding. You're kidding. Yeah, his name no, is you're Curry lying. Man and he's hot no. and he's spicy. No, you're lying. Now, he's not fallen into any of the kind Kevin. of Indian stereotypes that they're doing here, but his name is, I mean, I can show you. Uh, I don't believe you. You don't believe me? Of course I don't. Kevin, we've just watched an anime where there was a character called Curry Man with a curry on his head and you just said it was yeah, so thought- offensive you couldn't look at him and now you're telling me you've seen this before. No, no, you're there. He is, is with, uh, with, with Brian Dodson. <laughs> That's like the wrestling equivalent of holding up a newspaper with the date on it, being beside the serious <laughs> <See>? Daniel. <laughs> it's Curry Man. He's hot. He's spicy. He doesn't really kind of go in for the, uh, the 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 Indian stereotype, I guess, so to speak. It is a white guy playing Curry Man. Um, that he, curry looks very sad. Although it makes a great hat. It does. Uh, he's a spicy wrestler, is Curry Man. So uh, there you go. And here he is. With his special curry hat. How is that a curry hat? It just looks like a disco ball. When are we going to do the Curry Man episode? <laughs> you just, this always happens though. I don't, it can show Dan the really interesting, weird wrestlers because you just want to do artwork for them. <laughs> I love you it. Do an episode with fucking Curry Man. <laughs> oh, one of the wrestlers is bitter about Thing Muscle, which is Terry Canyon who is an American and he's got a mullet and I'm pretty sure he's meant to be Terry Funk. Yeah, you said this and I still, I don't know if I believe you. Okay, number one, he is American like Terry Funk. Right. Number two, when they cut to flashbacks, Mm. he is on a ranch like Terry Funk. He's from the Double Cross Ranch. Mm. Uh, Also as well, in an episode, I do remember as a kid, he did the spitting toe hold as his, that's the, the, the canyon finisher. Ooh. And that was Terry Funk. That was the Funk family finisher was the spitting toe hold. So I'm Count- three for three. Okay. Well, counterpoint. Yeah. He's not a grizzled middle-aged man. Yes. He's not covered in scars. <laughs> no, it's, he's far too non-broken. Yeah. And he's not currently on fire. So <laughs> <laughs> you make a compelling case. Yeah. Dan, we played Scruples last night. Who do you think wins? Uh, ooh, I don't know. It's hard to say. He doesn't know enough about Terry Funk. Come on now. That's not fair. Neither do you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where sort of Terry Canyon gets sort of shown off. He's supposed mm. to be the new the new hotness. That's supposed to be like the kind of rival for Kid Muscle. Very much the Buzz Lightyear to Kid Muscle's Woody. like. Sure. He's like the school bully that you kind of have to like get over in order to graduate. Mm. So uh, this is where I realized that Kid Muscle is actually suffering from depression because he says, heart of a champion. I have the heart of a chicken. I think it excuses like a lot of his cowardice. I'm not sure that's depression. I think he's just honest with himself because he is a coward. But he tears himself down. I mean, he does. Is, he tears himself down when people say he has potential. That's it. There's one thing being a coward. It's like I'm getting out of here. I don't want to get hurt. But he's like, I'm getting out of here because I'm so bad. I'll only fuck it up. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He is. He's, he's the, the difficult form of depression where it's the, the self attacks, isn't it? Low you know? self esteem. That's yeah. it. Yeah, chronic low self esteem. I would say. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have been telling him, like uh, apparently his the old man who sort of like tells him that he needs to become the new king muscle. Yeah. He, he kind of has like very harsh things to say about Kid Muscle. You start like feeling sorry for the character, like he's been bombarded with negativity his and, whole life and expectations. Mm. That yeah. a horrible mix of two things together. 
I want to say something about Terry Canyon. Yeah. Very important. He wears a top with an exposed tummy. Yeah, he's a little kind of cut out a little, yeah. little bit of a Just to show off his abs. I like and that, yeah. I think more wrestlers should do that. More male wrestlers should do that. Because I've got to say, the, the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. They, they do, and it's a great look. Because they, they've got, it's very, very smart. Because it's like, we've got a new shirt. We want to show it off. We want to sell some shirts. But also, we've been working our core. We want to show yeah. off our abs. So you do a little abs, yeah. cut up here in the middle to yeah. show that off. Yeah, you just build in a little skin window. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's something like... A Co- skindo! <laughs> oh, God. Kofi Kingston has done it on occasion. He does, yeah. He's went for the half shirt. Yeah, and yeah. I just I just think there should be more... I think it should be less, like, T-shirts cutting away that looks like a little tummy window. And I think there should be more men's outfits that are actually designed to have an exposed tummy area. How about the Blue Manians? Uh, the, the, the Blue World Order? They were all about the... Uh, no, the because exposed... it's a cut T-shirt again. It's not a part of the design of the... Oh, you want the, the in, internal, yeah. you want an ab window, yeah. Yeah, an ab window. A window to abs. Yep, and I think Finn Balor should wear it. <laughs> you know that he would. If oh, he, yeah. You know, the, if he has to put on a shirt, if there's any sort of a world where they have to put a shirt on, and be like, fine, but I'm going to have an ab window. How am I going to rub peanut butter on this when most of my abs are obscured? This, this window isn't enough. Exactly, you have to patch test in there, you know? <laughs> They arrive on the planet to do their training and they go through the door of Freddie Mercury and get introduced to all of the main trainers. It's the original Muscle League. We've got Robin Mask, voiced by Sean Connery. I think his career went, went downhill here. Like, you know, well, I'm, I'm glad, you know, you admit to being a, uh, you admit to being an abuser of your, of your partner. You get busted down from Bond to doing voiceovers from poorly translated Japanese anime. <laughs> a fitting punishment for Connery. <laughs> we get him introduced to Sansumi and Buffalo Man, who's got a Singapore cane. And I've been conditioned now. As soon as I see a Singapore cane, I thought he was going to like play a bit of Metallica. Smash open a can on his forehead, that type of a thing, you know. I would like to be trained by Sandman if I was to be trained to be a wrestler. Why? Because we get to have beers and listen to Metallica. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. yeah? So this place is basically an off-world performance center where they have to run from saws, mauling bears, getting hit right in the arse with a big spinning saw. Like, what's the insurance situation here? This is, um, you know, pretty intense. Does insurance exist on this planet? <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, this place is called the Hercules Factory. Yes. yes. So I imagine that what they do is they saw up all of the hunky boys and then sort of, like, Frankenstein them into a big Hercules. Mm. And the offcuts they can sell cheap at the market, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hunk meat. <laughs> They say that profanity results in an instant ban. There's no swearing in, in this wrestling, in this intergalactic universe. And also, Terry is proving himself to be nothing but a stud. And they have a training section here, which I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did something similar to this in the dojos of New Japan at some point, like in, in the Dark Ages, where you have to do a suplex over a series of spikes. And if you've not got the perfect bridge on your suplex, you will lose a kidney. <laughs> It's horrible. It is. It's deeply upsetting. Can you think of anyone who you think could actually confidently... Yeah. Charlotte Flair. Oh. Bianca Belair. Yeah. Mm. Alicia Fox. More than yeah, anyone. Alicia she, Fox, she can make yeah, her yeah. body into a bridge. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to think of some men who could do it. Daniel Bryan, probably. Yeah. AJ Styles, yeah. maybe. I wouldn't want any... All those arrests I like, I wouldn't want anyone in danger of getting spiked. No. Samoa Joe, he could probably do it. Again, I wouldn't want him spiked. <sighs> Big you'd, boy, yeah. You'd have to be really tall in order to do it properly. Yeah. That's true. Shit, we just mentioned a load of short people. 
Other than Alicia and Bianca, everyone's going to have their fucking neck punctured. Charlotte Flair's tall. That's true. She is tall, isn't she? Yeah. AJ's, AJ and AJ's got no, no hope. Neither is Daniel. They're going to get lobotomized from the backside. <laughs> Awful. I actually think it would be quite nice to have that on your back. Excuse me? I just, I don't know. I think it looks like it would be nice on your back. Like, kind of acupuncture and... The bed of nails. Yeah. yeah. The curved bed of nails, yeah. though. Yeah. I don't know. I want to lie on it. You want to lie on a bed of nails? Yeah. I want a curved bed of nails. It's kind of tilts me backwards like that. Now, I'm just wondering if worlds have gotten mixed up here because I don't want to assume that the bed of nails that is often shown from like East Asian culture or whatever is mm. the same as acupuncture. No. Is that no, why someone lies? Yeah. Is that not, that's not why someone lies on a bed of nails, is it? No, but you can get acupuncture mats which are like plastic mats covered in tiny plastic spikes and they are for acupuncture, yeah. Oh. But it's not, uh, not a bed of nails. That is an entirely different thing. Why does anyone lie in a bed of nails? I think it's supposed to be like a, a, a concentration sort of thing that you're supposed to lie in such a way that you don't sort of like puncture yourself. Yeah, it's I a see. skill. To not die. Yeah, it's like <laughs> an art. Oh, I don't think you die. You'd probably just get <clears throat> horribly punctured by spikes. Yeah. Yeah, you can live with that. Yeah. Look, this is wrestling. We've had people fall on thumbtacks and hit with light tubes and all sorts. It's yeah, true. that's true. The bed of nails doesn't get used that much in wrestling when you think about it. Not used at all. I mean, I'm pretty sure it has been used. I think McFoley has landed on a bed of nails at least once yeah. in his career in Japan. Oh. Terry, the stud, has got a bee in his bonnet again. He uh, spits peanuts at Kid Muscle when he's suplexing and nearly kills him. And then we go to a flashback of insolent Terry Jr. Do you remember, Joe, why Terry Jr. has got such a bee in his bonnet about King Muscle? Is it because he thinks that... Wait, King Muscle? Yeah, King Muscle's dad. No. Why is... Oh, no, wait, because his dad used to fight Kid King Muscle. Yes. Terry's dad... No, they were tag partners. Oh, okay, so they were friend fighters. They didn't fight against each <laughs> yeah. other. Fr- friend fighters. Friend fi- that's tag team. That's what you call them, friend fighters. Terry's dad and King Muscle used to be in a tag team, but that doesn't explain why he hates him. He hates him because that King Muscle got all the glory and Terry's dad, as an American, was really humble. And he's like, son, seeing my friends do well is all I care about. That's definitely an American trait, isn't it? It is. Only Americans are humble. We don't have mm-hmm. empathy or, or, or the notion of being humble in, in these British Isles. You know, it, it doesn't happen. No. So it's nice to see it. I wonder what it's like. It seems, it seems nice, isn't it? <laughs> but he's been really fucking innocent. He's like... Oh, I hate you, Dad. You're you're the worst. You never you never take any responsibility. You never get any of the praise. I hate you, Dad. And this little four year old kid cutting a promo on his dad. I felt super nanny should have intervened. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is unacceptable. <laughs> you cannot expect your children to treat you like that. I want you to to t- give your child a warning. Come down to eye level. Put them on the naughty step if their behaviour continues. Terry, you cannot say that to your father. <laughs> Terry, it's not acceptable to question your father's career trajectory. Terry, and you sit on the naughty step. <laughs> no, he does. He does punish poor little Terry Canyon. Yeah, see, you do need Super Nanny here because he just beats his child. Yeah. yeah, he just cracks him right across the face. Now, come on, that's not acceptable either. Is, is that you like can't beat your children? Is that the cost of empathy? It's like, come on, son, I'm a mild mannered guy. It's okay that I let someone else take all the glory for my career. How come you're not a bigger star? I'll show you, child. Yeah. Like, quick to fucking anger this guy. No, God, he's got issues. I don't like this empathy business. No. I gotta stay away from it. So it gets a big swerve and reveal here as everyone is arguing. 
Special Man Junior. I don't know. This this broke me in two. This I don't know what to believe anymore. I know. Special Man Junior ain't who he's supposed to be, Dan. He turns out to be a horrible robot snake. His face kind of like cracks off, and like the the husk that was Special Man Junior and all that he represented. I don't know if there's like a Special Man Senior anymore. I don't know. Like did he like did the snake? Take Special Man's son? I don't know. Or... He just, he just busts out of him like it's alien. Or was it like really deep like with the DMP or like, we're going to like impregnate Special Man's wife with this like false flag operation essentially. And then later on, when the time is right, your child will explode and reveal itself to be a giant snake android. <laughs> he, he, they say he's a robot. He's very obviously... Uh, was there a word for when it's a man-snake-robot hybrid? It's a cyborg, so like a a snake borg. And so a cyborg is officially half man, half machine. Is that and half snake? <laughs> Snyborg is what we can go with. Snake borg. Snake borg. I feel like we could pitch that to Mattel and get some. Sci snake. Sci mm. snake. No. No. So the snake immediately puts himself in a hell in a cell match with Kid Muscle of with, with no build. AKA Hell in a Cell matches these days. Oh, biting commentary there. Terry gets like spat at by the snake outside, and he's hurt. And then a wise old man comes, and he's like, "Oh yeah, stop being such a little bitch about your dad. Stop being such a dick face about your dad. All right, he's all right. You know, it's not my fault that he's humble and a loser. And look." It's got a bandana in it. And he's like, oh, that's my dad's bandana. Like, yeah, it is, isn't it? Like, stop being a fucking asshole. All right? And he's all right then. But he says, he says, I got this bandana. It's supposed to go in a museum, but I'm going to use it to bandage up your wounds. And it's the thing that King Muscle brought around with him all the time to remind him of Terry Man. I'm not King Muscle. <laughs> also, my face is obscured. And in the next episode, maybe the <laughs> And Snake Man says at one point that even robots have feelings. Also, the snake sounds like Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, he does. A lot. And all I'll just say is, check him, yeah? I'm not saying he is, but just check him. That he could be a snake robot man. I don't think so. I think he's much more likely to be like a slug robot man, <laughs> maybe. Or like but, a slug clown man. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, think of a horrific slug clown. Jerry Lawler. All I'm saying, though, Joe, is that you were right to check him, though, right? Yeah, At definitely least. check him. Of course, check him. And, you know, if Jerry Lawler can be going, ha, ha, and then all of a sudden he cracks open. I can totally imagine that. The yes. long con, 45-year career, and he's actually been a snake clown all this time. Or, slug clown. Or a slug clown. Snakes are too nice. Kid Muscle kills the snake. He gives him the muscle buster, and he splits him in two. He doesn't just beat him. He rips him into pieces. Like, you get to see, like, the... I mean, I know it's, like, wires and, like, oil and stuff. He's still got a face. Yeah, it's like, this person, like, said that he had feelings, and then Kid Muscle, after just getting, like, a small amount of encouragement from Terry Canyon, just rips him into pieces. Well, that was it. That was the secret. Once he found out he had feelings, he knew he could break him in two. Like, (laughs) anyone who has feelings can be broken. Like, so that was what he was Where did he learn that from? (laughs) His toxic father, no doubt. So, I kind of felt bad for the Snake Man being split in two here. There's a thing they used to do back in the day on, on, on kids' shows where it's like, if it's a robot, it's okay. Yeah. You can do anything to a robot. Even if they look exactly like a human. If it goes... Like Samurai Jack, they used to do that. He would cut everything in half with his sword. Because, obviously, it was a kids' show. You couldn't have, like, 
blood coming out so everyone was a robot yeah. so this character you'd come like to, to experience for a whole episode and then he'd slice his head off and be like, it's like that's such a fucking no that's like having like some kind of go oh and throw like you know, uh, crepe paper in the air instead of blood mm. that that snake man had feelings and Kid Wilson's got blood in his hands yeah. that's true you know and I just want to say adversarious got to live the guy with a plus that comes out of him, an actual moving part. And he uh, stomped on Kid Muscle's curry food. Yeah, what did Snake Man do? Snake Man just sort Happy. of tried to kill him in the Hell in the Cell match. Oh, and I guess as well, maybe everyone was just a little bit sour because everyone was like, loved Special Man Jr. Like, That's true. He was the, everyone's favourite and he, like, everyone felt really betrayed <laughs> yeah. that he was a Snake Man. Episode 3 and the last one we'll be looking at today in our review. We have them making the cut. The final phases of their horrible tough enough levels of training. They have the abyss of stamina where they have to stand over a giant pit with giant weights. People are literally dying here as well which I don't think happens in real life wrestling training. One would hope. They also have the torture test. The crocodile combat test. And the red hot ring where a ring is set on fire. They did do that in wrestling once. Yeah. Wow. They covered all the ring ropes in kerosene-soaked rags, and then they set them on fire. That seems safe. It, it, it like they wrestled for like two seconds, and then all of a sudden the fire just became this blaze, and the rest of the ring ran away, and everyone started going, "Get out of here!" It was in Japan. It's like this crowd just flees as this bonfire took over. So is this tough enough? The anime then? I'm pretty much sure it is. Yeah, this is them doing it the way it wants to be done. This is them realizing that wrestling sucks and it's very very sore. So who's Maven? I mean, Dick Dick Van Dick is obviously going to be Maven for me because he's a total stud. He's the obvious winner and he reminds me of a proud gazelle. So I have to say, it's got to be Maven there. So I was thinking like Special Junior, maybe, but he was killed too soon. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely special, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Beloved by all. And if you reveal to me that Maven has actually got a snake cyborg inside, that is, uh, that would make me, that actually, you know what, that would make me want to rip that snake cyborg in too. Maybe that's what happened. That is exactly what happened. They fell in love with him. Um, I have a question about this as well. Which challenge would be incorporated into the NXT developmental program? do you think, of those that you mentioned? I think Crocodile Combat, because I think you can't really call yourself a wrestler until you've wrestled at least one animal. It doesn't need to be a big one, like a bear or a crocodile, but like get in there with like, you know, roll with a capybara or something like See, that. You it's know? funny you say that, though, because I remember at the end of... Was it Tough Enough? And there was that guy who could wrestle crocodiles and alligators and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was his name? ZZ. ZZ. If he had won, which is obviously what the producers of the show wanted to happen, if he had won, I think that's what they would have introduced as like the challenge for next year. You have to wrestle the crocodile. You have to wrestle the crocodile. <laughs> Did anyone notice that one of the wrestler coaches was basically the Beatles? Yes. Yeah. Who was Ringo Starr, wasn't he? Was he Ringo or was he John? I couldn't tell. Ringo. Ringo? He had the deep lilts of Ringo Starr. Peace oh, wow. Love. Look, at, look at all that wrestling. <laughs> I would like wrestling to be narrated by Ringo Starr in the style of Thomas the Tank Engine, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker's streak. And he'd have to go out and think about what he's done now. <laughs> and then he could do at the end of the, the, the lyrics and all that, the, the credits roll. Fat Controller is like the GM. Yeah. Comes out to booking and everything. I think the Fat Controller would make a great heel authority yeah, figure in wrestling, you know? He could put wrestlers behind a brick wall forever and ever and always, <laughs> like, you know? So the new league is announced and Kid Muscle arrives on a horse disguised 
as everyone is declared to be true heroes. So that was the point where I'm thinking, all right, it is his face because he's already wearing like four masks over or whatever like that. It's not though. It's not his face. Mm. I want to know what his face looks like. I would imagine he's handsome or he's got like really mottled skin from having to wear a leather mask his entire life. Yeah, like does it destroy your real face? It's got really bad zits as well, I imagine. Ugh. The oil would build up, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wouldn't be clean. You can't cleanse behind a mask. Mm-mm. No, they just horribly burn you before they put the mask on. So you have no reason to take it off. Gross. The final challenge is presented to them, even though they're graduating. A giant land hand appears with five rings at each the tip of its five digits. That is where WrestleMania needs to emanate from next year. Yes. Whoa! A giant hand with rings on it? That, like, that is something that they don't do in wrestling and I really want to see, which is the ring put somewhere wacky, like on top of a like cliff or mm. something. Obviously have it safe, yeah. yeah. But like not, not on one of those cliffs that are going to erode or anything. It's just more giant stone body parts. I don't think they need to go quite off the top of a cliff, but I would like to see some more innovative ring design. Yeah. I would like to see maybe it elevated slightly in a stylistic Rotating, way. Rotating, perhaps? No... Uh, that would be hard it would be very every, annoying every time someone does a slam the ring starts spinning slightly faster oh my god it's poor cameraman everyone's faced off against basically the, the original muscle league because the original muscle league got beaten up so by DMP so if this new muscle league has any chance they have to beat the old men and Dan this is basically what happens in wrestling where all the veterans decide you know what we've had enough time in the spotlight we've had good matches we've had a good run we've made enough money so we're just going to graciously let the next generation come in and take our place. And that's pretty much how it always goes. Very simply, cut and dry, off into the sunset they go there. Yeah, that sounds realistic. Yeah, it sounds pretty on the, on the money. Ramen Man and Buffalo Man. I spent probably too much time wondering if Ramen Man was racist. Yeah, we had a bit of a debate about that, didn't we? He's, I think he's meant to be Chinese. I'm not sure. And this is a Japanese anime. And there's no shortage of uh, love lost between the Chinese and the Japanese. Yeah. I'm not sure. But then, when you pointed out the Buffalo Man looked like a specific wrestler, all that went away and I spent the rest of the matches focusing on that. It's the big dog Roman Reigns. It so is. He's got the same hair. He's got the same goatee. He does this thing with his arm where he kind of pumps his arm like Roman Reigns does. His finish is the spear and he's got weird coloured eyes I like to imagine that Vince has come in here and gone <laughs> give Buffalo Man yellow eyes <laughs> kind yellow eyes pal <laughs> I was going to say it right now because no one else has said it but uh, this uh, group of wrestlers they're a serious pack of fucking freaks yeah. these, are these the people from Earth and they're all like Weird half-human, half-robot. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't think that humans have spacefaring capabilities, and I think that all of the wrestlers come from... Different space. planets? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, like they, real they just, life. They just kind of chose this sort of, like, backwater sort of, like, planet to finger quotes defend maybe it's because it's the only one that has any vegetation right. oh it's the only one that because all the other planets are just shapes of people's heads aren't they they're yeah, a bit crap just, they're just wastelands of rock right. so it's the only thing I can imagine wrestling fans will be happy to know that Ramen Man does Daniel Bryan's old finisher the cattle mutilation hey which is good and we also figure why we don't do it in WWE because we can't see anyone's facial expressions mm. and that's probably why the animators did it because it's easy to animate <laughs> So, would this have come out before Daniel Bryan had that as his finisher? Um, I think so, yeah, because I think the original manga this. But again, I think that was a move that was done in Japan way back in the day. Oh, of course. Like, I, this, the one thing I will say about this, whoever made this was a wrestling fan. Oh, like, yeah, this, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you will, if you're watching this, particularly if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, you will see countless nods and references to it. 
I don't know. I was going to ask you guys about the animation style, like where it's at, like if it's to par or if it's lazy, because oftentimes these serialized animes can be a bit lazy. It seems stiff, like mm. really stiff, um, and that they're putting a lot of, they're taking some cost-cutting measures. I don't know whether it's the person who is sitting down doesn't want to like bring their A game for something that they think is like a subpar project. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I'm not really sure. Every bit of animation that they're proud of is in the intro package. Like yeah. you tell, I was like, oh, that's a bit nice. It's like, yeah, that's in the it's in the intro bit. <laughs> I didn't find it. I didn't find it lazy. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. With a lot of these kind of 2D animations, I feel that there's they they are cheap to do. That's mm. why they're they're done. So it's just cost cutting measures, isn't it? I wouldn't say it's because like they they maybe they were supposed to do a certain style of animation and they all decided eh CBA. Yeah. I imagine it's a case of we've got a certain number of episodes we have to get done. This is our budget. This is how much time we have. Let's just do as much as we can. That's it's not true. like in Dragon Ball Z where it's like let's have a whole episode. Literal no exaggeration of a guy going. Previously on Dragon Ball Z. It's true, it's true. But in Dragon Ball Z, you usually have like about uh, like a minute or two minutes maybe of like good fluid animation with mm. like some repeat loops. In yeah. There. But this one, it's just like you get like maybe five seconds of, of someone moving well and then that's just them talking for mm. the rest. Yeah, I mean, Kid Muscle being wacky and constantly going off into a wacky bright screen, I mean, his wackiness does take a little bit of a load off. Like, you yeah. have to draw backgrounds when he's doing that shit. So Buffalo Man is going to do his tornado twister, <clears throat> the spear, which is referred to as being a belay of bruises. And then he ends up tapping out to Terry Canyon's Texas Cloverleaf. And the episode ends with Kid Muscle finding out that his ultimate chance that he will face is... His dance! <gasps> dun dun dun. Will the sins of the father become the sins of the son? Now find out next time in Ultimate Muscle. We will come back to Ultimate Muscle at our own pace. Dan, thanks for joining us. We, uh, we reached out to the How To Universe to ask folks if they had any questions on their mind for <gasps> our erstwhile illustrator. Uh. So, Joe, lay it on us thick and fast and juicy. This question is from Leave It Be 22. What's your favourite sort of wrestler to draw? Ooh. Mm, okay. I really like, obviously, I like the Muscle Boys, but uh, I think that if you've got someone who's kind of like got a little bit more motion in them, I do enjoy uh, sort of like challenging myself by uh, doing something that's a little bit more dynamic. And if someone's got like a nice big wrinkly face, mm. I, can, I can really like spend time getting into, like, the, the folds. Yeah. There's a lot of folds in Vince McMahon. That face mm. was, like, carved out of stone. That must have been an interesting one to, uh, oh, to sculpt that was, away. Oh, that was, like, too far. He's, he's, like, <laughs> he's like a leather face. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from The Lionessly. Favourite wrestler based on your research alone? Ooh. Okay. So, before you got a chance to actually watch any matches, necessarily, or... Did you know much I, about William Regal before we? Did? No, I was going to say I think it's yeah. William Regal because yeah. he, he he sort of like he seems like such a, a gimmick sort of character. He's just got like the Britishness seemingly. Yeah, that's just it. And if I saw him, I'd be like, oh, he's he's like the villain who drinks tea, blah blah blah. 
But the more I kind of like saw his matches and the more I found out about him, he's just, he's really talented. Mm. Yeah. And he's gotten more handsome, like the, the older he's gotten. Which <laughs> that is was, yeah. The, one of the challenges with that one is like, I think the more we learned about him, you think, well, usually the more you learn about a wrestler, the easier it becomes, mm. I think, to, for us to get the ideas for the drawing across. Yeah. But the more we learned about him, it's like, fuck, he has like 10 phases of his career and he's like, he can be a scary villain, but also a silly guy. And he's, he's very heartwarming and endearing, but also a terrible, nasty monster. It's yeah. like, it's quite difficult to filter all that down like it doesn't help that he's aged backwards as well <laughs> yeah that's true Benjamin I'm, Button motherfucker <laughs> I normally like to draw like the younger version of the wrestlers to like give them like the best possible face yeah but with this one I looked at his old pictures and I thought ugh he looks so greasy and nasty <laughs> I'm just gonna draw him 2018 he looks great now <laughs> This one's from Gavlar87. Who is the hardest person you've had to draw and what were the descriptions that were given to you? I'm you trying to find a notebook now. there, right? No, I'm trying to think uh, through all of the ones that we've been doing. Kevin Owens. Mm. I think he was the hardest. I, I don't know. He had such a... I kind of... He had to be sort of menacing because he, he was sort of like this imposing character. But then he also has this real soft side to him as well that really likes zoos. Yeah. So like, I had to have him sort of be very menacing, but also seem quite soft and approachable. And mm. it was like trying to put them both in that. I don't think I did it. Oh, I, I was going to say, I totally, totally thought that you nailed that. Because the image I get when I see that picture for the Kevin Owens episode is you're going to the zoo. But then when you come to the zoo, you're like, oh no, the bully from school is also at the zoo. And he sees you with that exact look, like, are you going to this zoo? And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to the zoo. I really like the pandas. And you're like, oh, cool. Same. And then you both go to yeah. the zoo together. And you do, and then he tells you, you go back twice to make sure you don't miss yeah. any of the animals. The Billy Keeble uh, uh, actually yeah. there. And that's why I feel it's like, you have the, the crassness and the scariness of him, but also... We're going to go to the zoo and we're going to learn about each other and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, so he's just the, he was the most difficult, I okay. think. But he was very enjoyable to do. I have a question. Okay. It's just a two-parter. One, who was your favourite wrestler to draw or favourite artwork in general? Because I know we've not just done wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that question is, who is a wrestler that we've not done yet that you would most like to draw? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. So I think... I've said it before, I'm a bit biased. The Kane one, I love <laughs> doing that one. He's just so... He just looks like a big ogre man. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And and I could just I could just let loose and just say, okay, well, he doesn't need flowers or sparkles or anything. He His, his motif is fire. And I just got to sort of, like, exercise the little child that's just like, hee hee hee, I like Linkin Park and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> you totally got across, like... Late two thousand badass. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what was considered cool there? Like, because he Kane, only needed a trench coat. Kane is a silly looking guy. He's this six yeah. foot eight man in a red leotard. Like, like, I don't think mask. that version of Kane could work today, like as a new character. No, it couldn't. I don't think. But yeah. well done, because you made him look so cool. Thank you. He did it all himself. I, I just <laughs> That's tried not to, true. <laughs> I just tried to grab some of his majesty. So how about part two then? Which wrestler maybe that you're aware of, you've not done a, a drawing of yet, but maybe you're excited to? I was going to say probably like The Rock. Cause really? I, because he has so he's such a Hollywood guy. I wanted to like sort of like have him be like this... He's like the face of wrestling for a long time. Wasn't yeah, he? very true. He, for some people, he still is, really. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to have like that. He's he's more of a personality than he was a wrestler, in my experience, because mm. I it's sort of 
I mean, he was around at the end of when I was interested in wrestling. I guess he transcended wrestling, I guess, yeah. yeah. And he followed me out into, like, the other movies that I, I was watching at the time. I think it's an interesting answer, because as you were saying before, you like to consume only the best of wrestling. Yeah. And fitting with that theme, when you came and stayed with us, you know, a couple of nights ago... We showed you Ricochet and Velveteen Dream and yeah. Adam Cole. No, I'm super hyped. If I ever get a chance to do them, I would die happy. I think if it's going to be realistic, I think Undertaker would be a great undertaking. Ooh. Hey! Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. The only thing I wanted to ask you, what's your favourite artwork of all the ones that Dan has done? It's impossible for me to choose just one because I love so many of them in different ways. And some of them I find I have a better appreciation of almost years later like the mm. Daniel Bryan one at the time I loved it but it's only when he turned heel like that I was like okay that's one of my absolute favorites now I don't know if you've you, you know we showed you some clips on Smackdown of Daniel Bryan turning heel yeah and your artwork I, I don't know there's something about it it's like channels that part of him it's kind of like wild feral, feral yeah, 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 yeah. desperation I did, I did want it because it was a lot of he's quite low down when he likes to wrestle so yeah I think yeah he's, he's quite scrappy and he's I like a cat to, yeah mm. I wanted to get him <laughs> and I think that him having an adversary as well kind of helps because yes yeah. You know. Daniel Bryan is often wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I think for mine, my favourite's got to be either Sandman, which I just Oh, think, I love the Sandman! Yeah, that's like such a... Sandman and like a recent one, both Bobby Heenan and the McFoley ones, because I think yeah. those are two of my favourite characters Foley's in wrestling amazing, ever, yeah. which just... The Shinsuke I love, one is one of my faves. Yeah. So stylized, mm. so cool. And every time anyone comes to our house and looks at our coasters, I think the Scott Steiner artwork yeah. often gets uh, gets pointed Ooh, out. I, um, the I, Sami Zayn one I, I love as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually very interested to know, because I don't think we've ever just put it out there and said, what's your favourite artwork? Yeah, I'd love to know. So I would say anyone listening to this episode, tweet us in and let us know what your favourite artwork yeah. is and why. That, that, would would be, be, yeah. that would be really, not just for my ego, but just to know what kind of territory I could move into maybe yeah. so that would be really a good learning experience he's going to give him loads of ego to be there on top of his golden throne like it's not for ego it's for the art <laughs> <laughs> Dan it's been an absolute pleasure having you on it has been an absolute pleasure being here do you want to come back for some more ultimate muscle I would you'd have to lock the door because I'm coming oh my goodness well <laughs> wait are we locking you in or locking you out what's the how does this work locking me out we're locking you out, okay. Joe, how did you find Ultimate Muscle? I love Ultimate Muscle. It's really great fun. I'm kind of gutted we had to end just after seeing King Muscle. King, 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 King Muscle. Yeah, but I'm really excited to see episode four, five, and six next time. So yeah, we're going to do some more Ultimate Muscle? Yes, please. Yee! All right, well, until next time, we'll be coming at you from Muscle Planet, traveling on our giant fist through intergalactic space and time. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And a goodbye from me, Dan. And we'll see you next time for some more Ultimate Muscle on How To Wrestling. Bye. See ya.